Brooklyn Eviction Defense is is a group that began in July 2020 around an eviction defense at 1214 Dean Street in Crown Heights that mm, some of you may have heard about. Um, it was quite a conflict, quite a struggle there. And and for the first couple years that Brooklyn Eviction Defense uh, was uh, a- around as this autonomous group of organized tenants fighting for for tenants' rights and to assert their rights, um, they were doing a lot of eviction defense because the housing crisis that has existed in New York before COVID and really intensified during COVID was calling for that, um, calling for defending uh, people who were getting evicted illegally during COVID. And they were also assisting people and just going through sort of this, some of the red tape legal stuff to avoid eviction. Now, They've broken out into a new field, which is organizing tenant associations. And since March, this is exciting news, people. Since March, Brooklyn Eviction Defense, known as BED, has helped form 24 tenant associations and three tenant councils, which a tenant council represents, uh, like, all of the buildings that a certain landlord uh, uh, controls. So one of those tenant councils has reached over 20 buildings. So we have like 40 different buildings, over 40 different buildings, organizing tenants getting together. And most of these groups are expanding, says Bed, the group. So we are really excited to talk about that and, and, and how that happened and why it's happening and how we can make more of that happen uh, for, for, for the rest of the show. So we have Holden and Nicolas, who our core organizers, I should say, very committed members of BED. Holden and Nicolas, welcome. Welcome to BAI. Thank you for having us. Yeah, hey, thanks for having us. So excited. Yeah, absolutely. So break down what's going on. Tell us, you know, I kind of said it, but these associations started popping up in March. How did that happen? Why? Um, yeah, I could try to tackle it. Um yeah. I and you guys just uh, you guys riff. just go back and forth, yeah. We're know, riffing. We both know a lot. We're, we'll riff. We'll riff. All right, all yes, right. So tell, yeah. tell us, Holden. Start out. You know, how did it occur? Why? Um, yeah, Holden. If you want to go into like the the changing conditions and what necessitated our original formation and kind of what necessitated the orientation shift. Yeah, so originally our organization coming out of the George Floyd uprisings, uh, we emerged when there was like a, uh, an eviction moratorium in place. Mm-hmm. And so what, what that made happen was like that, that what, there wasn't so much no evictions happening, but the evictions that were happening were pretty much all illegal. So these are evictions that are happening through harassment, through, uh actual like fraud pretending to evict people and mm-hmm. sometimes through attempted force um mm-hmm. so for a lot of our early days we were really just kind of running around and confronting uh bad landlords uh really in the street and then what happened was when the eviction moratorium <laughs> came to a close the sort of flood of of marshall led marshall executed evictions was uh it really and still is overwhelming and we've always we've always we've always said that uh an organized community an organized block an organized neighborhood is the best form of eviction defense and we sort of had some sort of uh internal organizational reckoning and realized that we really just need to start organizing more buildings more communities and and through that, we can defend against a lot more evictions. Yeah. And like, 
I would add that like a, a large part of what we were doing was like kind of like inculturating um like a sense of like uh tenant self-determination and like as the tenant as the protagonist in the struggle like really trying to um get tenants who would call us and come to us for uh solidarity like get them to understand that like they can like stop um these evictions and stop these landlords from harassing them and intimidating them as long as they are willing to like assert their innate power as protagonists in the situation and like what that would mean is like getting involved with like different community groups like joining bed like what's something we would always encourage tenants to do um to like retain that sense of community and to give it back um to other tenants who are facing that and kind of creating this like reciprocal um self-sustaining and self growing kind of you know organization and then so like naturally obviously that was like okay how do we formalize that like we were organizing buildings but it wasn't in a sense that it was like okay we're going to start a tenants union that is going to be a permanent fixture in these communities um that will kind of tether all of these disparate um you know instances of evictions and landlord harassment kind of together in like a project of building power and i think that's really where we're at now Right. And, and so how do you start a tenant association and what is a tenant association? And, you know, what is the relationship between a tenant association and a tenant union, which bed now has bed tenant union? Um, because, you know, we're on the air broadcasting all around the greater New York area and a lot of people don't know their rights as tenants and it is not their fault. But tell us tenants association, tenants union, what are those? And how do you form oh, yeah. a tenants association? <laughs> Um, a tenant association, a tenants association is a collective of tenants living in the same building, uh, or in the same complex who get together and, uh, <clears throat> organize together and, uh, build leverage and sort of assume control and stewardship over where and how they live. Um, it's really, we really understand tenant associations to be, uh, similar to, labor unions as like mm-hmm. really really on the ground uh democratic sort of formations that are really the sort of elemental aspects of any larger sort of socialist project right and and nico nicolas well to add in there and then essentially um sorry just quickly here and then the relationship of association to a union is that multiple associations are uh associated with the union yeah, Nicholas, if you want to, if you want to speak on that. Yeah. And yeah, just to add and maybe to expand into that question, um, like, yeah. w- like I, I like also like to talk about like what an association or union is not like an association cool. and a union isn't, um, kind of just this, um, uh, organ that you use, um, to like, uh, you know, get some con- concession or some um, uh, conciliatory uh, remediation in your building done. Like it's not something you just go to when you have a problem. Um, it is something that you um, are constantly trying to maintain. It's something mm-hmm. w- with which is health needs to be constantly checked on. Um, you need to, you know, try to constantly get more and more people involved um, to have like a collective say in what's going on when you're deciding, uh, you know, how you're going to uh, 
how you're going to live, how the building is going to be run, how it's going to be maintained. Um, like this is a long-term project. It's not something that has like an end goal. Like our mm-hmm. end goal in reality is like, you know, when workers, worker tenants have full control over where and how they live and we're a long mm-hmm. ways away from that. And yes. the only way we're going to do that is by connecting our struggles together. Um, and that's what a union does, right? A union connects the, like, uh, individual struggles of that specific association in that building or that block, it connects it to a broader, um, a future facing project of like liberation. Um, and also right. just like self-determination, control, power, all of these, you know, really elemental kind of questions of, of, you know, how, how do we maintain our agency and our sovereignty, um, as people in, a, in an oppressive society, how do we take that back? Um, and the only way we do that is by connecting along, like, you know, these class lines. Um, and so a union is, you know, just connecting all those people to have a real, you know, uh, chance in, 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 in fighting back against a really stacked uh, situation, you know, with the, you know, real estate capital and all that. Right. And and before we go into some anecdotes from these different tenants associations that are popping up and the struggles in those different buildings, uh, just one comment from one of you quickly on sort of the importance. I mean, to continue what you were saying, really, Nicolas, the importance of having organized structure of resistance around the city and different locales, um, mm-hmm. even when it seems like, you know, the big street protest or the revolution or whatever you want to call it isn't coming tomorrow how pre-organization is the only way that that will ever happen. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would, I would love, I, I think we could both hit it. I can do it quick. Yeah. So like, um, a part of this is like making people conscious of yeah. their ability yeah. to enact change. Right. Um, and so what we're trying to do is make tenants conscious of their innate capability and their innate power and that power is only really actualized when you collectivize like that's our power as working class people is that we are the literal masses right and the masses Uh have power when they organize and so we're not just trying to make tenants you know join the association we're trying to make tenants become organizers tenants become class conscious workers and ultimately socialists that are trying to, you know, overturn the, uh, you know, inherent uh, exploitative structures of, uh, uh, you know, embedded in capitalism. Yeah, well said. Um, I think maybe the only thing I would add is just that these organizations and this sort of working class infrastructure that like historically has really existed in this country and around the world, but for the last like 30 years has been uh, fully suppressed and invisibilized. Like these, this infrastructure is increasingly important. Like as, as the, the, the sort of uh, array of crises that are impending, right? Like the, the sort of explosion of, of street action in 2020 in response to certain crises, like these crises are going to keep happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not in the clear by any means. Mm-mm. And we understand tenancy and like the tenant movement to be a particularly fertile place of, of crisis and contradiction. Real estate is the largest industry in the world, right? That's mm-hmm. where all the money is. That's where the contradictions are most pointed. Um, and so the organization is imperative. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, uh, you know, everyone feels the, the presence of real estate in New York City. Um, 
and especially now more than ever when rents are really high. A lot of people have rents that are going up a thousand bucks a month. I think everybody knows somebody who, who, who has one of those horror stories and uh, there's a lot of space in the city and it is owned privately and people are struggling and you can see it. So I think you guys are doing the right thing, but let's continue and talk a little bit about, um, well, let's talk about holding the, the TA that, that you've been working in, um, with that is on rent strike as of October 1st. Can you tell us about that? I, I believe that's the building Nicolas is. That's the is one. Nico, sorry. I'm sorry about that. That's Nico, okay. Nicolas. Um, yes. Right. So, so that um, is a building that you are working with. Tell us the situation. You're on rent strike. How's it going? How'd you get there? Totally. Um, how we got there. Um, so the tenants um, in this building have been living under mismanagement um, and disrepair, um, you know, just kind of like, just wholesale neglect, intentional neglect on, on the part of a landlord, um, kind of like a big real estate company that, um, bought, um, bought the building and a whole suite of other buildings, um, fairly recently in the past couple of years. Um, and since they have taken over, there really hasn't been any upkeep of the buildings. There's been, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, characteristic of these big kind of uh, portfolios is that it's hard to reach them. It's hard to get them to do anything. It's hard Mm -hmm. to even track down where their offices are. Um, and so, um, and so these tenants have been living, uh, a lot of these tenants in the building have been living without gas. Uh, and so proper ability to like cook and stuff like that since May. Uh, some of them have electric, uh, stoves, which mm-hmm. I, I would argue is still not, um, still not, uh, accomplishing what the lease they signed, um, for was like having that warranty of habitability and those essential services, which is gas. Like, you know, the, the, the building is really old and they've been recently, I'll get to that later. Um, so because of that, we started organizing the building. They reached out to us. We started talking to neighbors. There's a whole host of, uh, different, uh, demands that they also have, like including pests, um, timely repairs, just, you know, uh, uh, more kind of communication, uh, and so we sent the demand letter. We gave them a timeline to answer it. They didn't answer it. They didn't do anything. And so uh, the tenants went on rent strike um, and have been holding strong since that rent strike uh, has happened. The landlord has um, responded by um, trying to do like piecemeal work on the the uh uh, apartments or the units that don't have electric stoves and are like not suited, like their breakers are not suited for the voltage of electric stoves mm-hmm. um, and the infrastructure of the building in general, I don't think is suitable for that, um, which is why they have, you know, gas. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, so they've been trying to do these like piecemeal um, repairs or upgrades as they call them. They've been leaving a like, huge gaping holes in people's apartments, um, because, you know, they're trying to figure out how to do this on like a piecemeal ad hoc way. Rats have been like coming through holes in the walls. They've been like taping up, uh, the holes in the walls with like, you know, uh, plastic wrap and stuff like that, lying about how long it's going to take. Um, and so unfortunately those are like the tenants who like, you know, maybe we didn't reach or didn't know how to respond to this. And so since then we've, you know, uh, kind of come together to like refuse the repairs until we talk as a collective. We have a meeting tomorrow and uh, gratefully uh, we have a couple of lawyers from take root justice going to meet with us because potentially we're thinking about um, filing a seven, a proceeding, which would basically evict the management from the building and mm-hmm. a court appointed manager who would actually do the repairs would be 
um, uh, appointed to the building. And also, uh, the buildings are most likely, uh, the building is most likely illegally destabilized, which is another, uh, kind of, uh, characteristic of this big portfolio. They've been buying a lot of buildings that should be unstabilized, uh, but are probably illegally destabilized. Mm, so that's right. like a big, that's a big part of our, our fight going forward too. We'll, we'll definitely continue to follow that, but that is something that um, other groups also uh, of autonomous tenants are, are associated with other tenants unions around the city. That's There's been a rise in popularity of that, of, take, of trying to file to take back the building. And I just quickly want to add, we have one more minute here and we got to wrap it up, but I want to quickly add uh, a little bit of Know Your Rights info, which is that uh, a rent strike can seem like a very radical thing, but uh, if you haven't been having gas since May, correct me if I'm wrong, legally, you do not have to pay for rent. So that's an issue that's affecting the whole building. Yes. I mean, yeah, you have you have a, a right to a habitable home. Uh, right. those, those are things that were granted uh, that hard fought, hard fought rights. Um, and so, yeah, you're 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 paying for something that you're not getting. Uh, and so you're you're allowed to not pay if the land the landlord is in breach of that contract. Right. They're supposed to give you that. And if they're not giving you that, what are you paying for? Right. And there's a lot more about your rights as a tenant that you could learn through bed. You can find them. Um, on Twitter and Instagram, on Twitter at Brooklyn Defense, on Instagram at Brooklyn Eviction Defense, and online at what is it, BrooklynDefense.org? BrooklynEvictionDefense.org, yeah. Online yeah. at BrooklynEvictionDefense.org. That's Brooklyn Eviction Defense. Uh, connect with the organizers, learn your rights. Uh, and assert your rights. And as uh, Nico and Holden said, this isn't even just about bettering the hole in your wall. This is about bettering your life and um, and your society, which sounds really cheesy, but I think is important <laughs> to think about um, in, in days like these. So Nicolas and Holden from Brooklyn Eviction Defense with newly formed bed tenant union. Thank you so much for joining us on WBAI 99. The Independent News Hour. We'll talk to you again soon. And uh, that's a wrap for today. I just wanted to thank Reggie Johnson, the incredible sound engineer that helps out with all the afternoon shows. Um, Reggie, thank you. And I'm going to leave it with a little Theo Parrish who just came out with a new album well as always dropping new music and this is dance alone and i really like it so enjoy do i soothe you tell the truth now